and 2000 UTC. Welcome to South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America. I'm John Tanza in Washington, working on this program very much. Here are some of the top stories making news across Sudan and South Sudan this Friday, November 18, 2022. The chairperson of a body monitoring South Sudan's peace agreement says time is not on the sides of the parties implementing the peace agreement. Even though the implementation is due within the agreement period, but a week is governed by the government. Progress has been and some families in Juba County who were attacked by some pastoralists from Jungle State say they need humanitarian support. There's nothing that we have received from the government to help these people. We'll have these stories and more coming up on South Sudan in Focus. The body monitoring South Sudan's peace agreement says the parties to the revitalized peace agreement should speed up the implementation of critical tasks in the agreement. The chairperson of the reconstituted Joint Monitoring and Evaluation Commission, Ambassador Charles Tai, says the parties should focus on tasks stipulated in the August roadmap for the extension of the transitional government of national unity. For VOA News, Dengai Deng reports from Juba. Ambassador Charles Tai Gitwai, chairperson of the reconstituted Joint Monitoring and Evaluation Commission, said during a RJM meeting in Juba yesterday that the parties to the peace agreement should speed up implementation of critical tasks in order to meet the deadline stipulated in the roadmap. Even though the implementation is due within the agreement period, but a week is covered by the roadmap, progress has been slow and there is need for urgency. According to our evaluation of the roadmap, those tasks meant to have been started or completed by November, only 50% have been implemented or are ongoing. Gitoi urged the parties to stick to the roadmap timelines and provide adequate funding for all the tasks in a timely manner. Under the roadmap, elections shall take place in December 2024 so that the people are given a chance to democratically choose their leaders. Gitwai says certain preparations should be carried if the elections are going to be smooth and successful. It is imperative that the following crucial tasks are fully implemented. A. Preparation of the national environment for elections, including the opening and preserving of civic and political space for all, to build confidence and participation and participation in the process. B. The making of the permanent constitution upon whose provisions elections will be conducted. C. Completion of the unification and deployment of military by forces. D. Reconstruction of the political parties' council and its immediate operationalization. E. Amendment of the National Election Act 2012 to confirm the terms of peace and agreement. Nicholas Asom, the special representative of the UN Secretary General, and UNMIS boss commended the parties for graduating unified forces, but says it is essential that deployment plans are finalized and implemented so the forces can contribute to intercommunal harmony in South Sudan. Of disarmament, demobilization, 
integration of the RCA. For our part, we must look forward to exploring together with the government of national unity on how to support the development of the necessary unified forces in line with the country's vision for security sector transformation. Aisham says he is particularly concerned by the ethnic fracturing, clashes and displacement in northern Jongle and Upper Nile states, as well as intercommunal violence around the Abia area. We welcome the government's activation of investigation committees to address and investigate the causes of some natural conflicts, but we urge these bodies to conclude their work and to share their findings in a timely manner. says security and political tensions continue to simmer across the country and this will intensify as the electoral debt draws closer. He urged the government to tackle these challenges holistically, which includes opening up civic and political space. He says the international community needs to see progress if they are going to continue investing politically and financially in the future of South Sudan, saying the parties should engage with a renewed sense of urgency and to treat the benchmarks as critical deadlines. For VOA News, I am Deng Gaiding in Juba. Some families who fled their homes following an attack last week by armed pastoralists in Lokuliri Payam of Juba County say they are in their need of humanitarian assistance. A community leader in the area says the displaced families camping in a school compound at Nisitu village need food and shelter. For VOA News, Viola Elias reports from Juba. On Monday, South Sudan in Focus reported five people were killed and scores of others wounded by cattle herders suspected of coming from Jungle State attacked Lokiriri Payam of Juba County. The incident forced hundreds of people from Nyarjebi village to flee their homes and seek refuge in neighboring villages. Nyarjebi village community leader Modi Modesto says more than 400 households were displaced after last week's attack. The total number of those I have registered when others are missing is 476 households, but the total numbers, including children, are about 2,050 people. Modesto says many of the displaced are sheltering in the Situ village of Lokiriri Payam and are in their need of humanitarian assistance. There's nothing that we have received from the government to help these people. I have received only five sacks of flour and beans that help them to, to at least cook and eat together. And I think the day that the governor visited them, he took some flour to but I was too busy with the burial of those killed, so I couldn't identify the items the governor delivered to them. 
Nyarjebi woman leader Ajinga Lydia says the IDPs still fear the attackers could return to attack the community after the state authorities returned to Juba. Lydia says some of them were threatened by the cattle herders. Those who visited us and talked will go back to Juba and leave us here. Those cattle herders came to my house and have taken my pictures. Probably they may come after me and tomorrow maybe I will be dead. I am a midwife in this community. I do help women. On Tuesday, Governor Emmanuel Adil Anthony. Juba County Commissioner Charles Joseph and other state officials visited the IDPs and described the situation as frightening. Governor Anthony condemned the attack by armed cattle herders who have migrated to the state, adding that South Sudanese did not fight the Khartoum regime only to be displaced by their own people. The governor gave the pastoralists a 72-hour deadline to vacate the area. When the 72 hours for Matthew elapses, the state government will come and work from here. I will not stay in Juba. What is happening here is a threat to our people and the government of Central Equatoria. This time around, we want to see who will threaten the people of Central Equatoria in their own land. It is not clear if the ampastrolist left Juba County. Juba County Commissioner Charles Joseph Wani expressed condolences to the families who lost their loved ones in the attack. I came here as your commissioner along with other ministers. We are here to stand in solidarity with you and you hear from our governor as well. If cattle headers are the problem that wants to chase you away, then they should chase us also. Modesto called on the government officials and non-governmental organizations to intervene and help the displaced. For VOA News, I am Viola Elias in Juba. Some residents of Warab State are expressing mixed reaction following a move by President Salva Kiir to fire Governor Aleu Ayen on Wednesday without any explanation. Mr. Kir appointed Maniem Bol Malik as the new governor of Warab State. Abraham Kual Nyon, who is a political analyst, says the new governor needs to focus on addressing political and social issues in the state. For VOA News, Wake Simon Wood reports from Juba. 35-year-old Gogriel West County resident Marial Akon says he was shocked to hear Governor Aleo was sacked since Aleo was making progress by cracking down on the perpetrators of intercommunal classes and cattle raids in the state. He has put some of the things in order. The insecurity which has been raging in, in, in Greater Tony, of course, he contained it. Uh, the other criminals who were like looting and uh, cattle rustling around the other communities in Tony was actually contained. The issue to do with fear of maybe attack at night sometime by the criminals, you know, the, the, the rate of crime is a little bit growing. But it's upside when a lay actually came in. Akon says a number of challenges ranging from insecurity, floods and revenge killings need the attention of state leaders. 40-year-old Francis Agweke Madut, a resident of Tony East County, says he welcomes the change. Security is number one for the people and protection and building of the roads because in Warab, it's just Peter Road, we are not even okay. There are some parts of Warab, like Tony, a car could not, could not move and, and reach the people 
and then uh, the schools because there are no good school in Warab, and then and then also the the hospitals. So many people are dying because of the of the, they don't have medication. Abraham Kuala Nguyen, a political science professor at the University of Juba, says the new governor needs to define his priorities in serving the people if he is to successfully address the problems facing Warab State. If his interest is for the lobby group, then he could even go and fuel the conflict which was even done by the former governor. And if it's for the community, then he has to seek the interest of the community by restoring confidence within among the communities for them to be able to live a peaceful life. Kuala says Governor Malek should focus on restoring peace and stability in the state as a top priority. Kuala says he should learn from Lake State Governor Rin Tweny Mabor, who has managed to restore confidence and stability since his appointment last year. Kuala says the cause of insecurity in Warap is wrangling within the different clans in the state. The insecurity is triggered by things to do with political alignment, things to do with cattle raiding, and things to do with land dispute, especially between Payams and, and, and the counties of the Warab states, which in most cases get politicized. In recent years in Warab, President Kerr's home state has experienced the waves of insecurity challenges that have affected thousands of people. The United Nations mission in South Sudan quarterly reports on violence across the country have cited the state as one of the hardest hit by violence. In late 2020, the United Nations mission in South Sudan reported that 1,000 people were killed in Warab State as a result of intercommunal violence. For VN News, I'm working Simon Wudu in Juba. You're listening to South Sudan in Focus on The Voice of America. Coming up, families of Sudanese killed in pro-democracy protests in Sudan say they are not happy with the new developments in the country. Find out why after the break. What do you think? Speak out on important questions. The question today. Is there such a thing as unconditional love? The reason why I say it's there, because I've seen my parents and I've seen there is unconditional love in their relationship. Basing on the way, like my dad treats my mom, the love is unconditional. No, 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 I don't think that. Uh, because uh, human, it is very difficult to predict human beings. So uh, human beings are just unpredictable. Anybody can change at any time. So that's why I, I believe there is no unconditional love. I'm one of the people who believe in real love, and therefore I believe in unconditional love. It exists. It's there. It's been exercised among people. And we have the ability to give unconditional love. So it's there. Uh, honestly, I've not been there before, so I don't know much about it, but a lot of things that I've seen people are struggling to love each other. What do you think? A daily discussion of important questions from VOA. You're listening to South Sudan in Focus on The Voice of America. Some family members of pro-democracy protesters killed during Sudan's protests say they are disappointed with members of the civilian coalition who are negotiating with the military to end the political deadlock that began after last year's military takeover. 
For VOA News, Michael Atit reports from Khartoum. Some Sudanese whose family members were killed during the protests say they are disappointed with the members of the civilian coalition who agreed to continue to negotiate with the military to end the political deadlock that began after last year's coup. He's speaking to South Sudan in focus in Khartoum, an executive member of the families of the Sudanese Matters organization, Abu Bakr Omar, said his group rejects any agreement that does not serve justice for those who were killed. Omar, who lost his 24-year-old son, Abdulazim, on January 2019 in Omdurman during a protest, says they will also not accept any of the political parties speaking on their behalf in negotiations with the military. We have not delegated anybody to speak on our behalf and we will not accept any compromise with uh, the military on the account of the blood of our sons and daughters, regardless of any kind of agreement that is used on the account of assessing justice for our victims. We will not be part of it. On Wednesday, the FFC announced it reached a framework agreement with the military to establish a civilian-led government. Another matters organization member, Farah Abbas, says the military spoiled the aspirations of all citizens when it overthrew the civilian government. Abbas says his 28-year-old son, Abbas Farah, was killed during the mass sit-in at the military headquarters in Khartoum on June 3, 2019. He says families of the victims will continue to work with true revolutionaries to reject any deal that does not hold the perpetrators of violence accountable. <laughs> We still have the real revolutionaries who continue to pressure the military on the streets. Our resistance committees are the true leaders of change in Sudan. Whoever thinks that our people will surrender due to any forms or process used against civilians is wrong. Sahar al-Juzuli, head of media and information for Khartoum State Resistance Committee, says the October 2021 military coup was a setback for democratic rule in the country. Since 2019, we are still on the streets. Our people have learned a lot, and they became more aware of their political rights as citizens by participating in the revolution. The Sudanese people learned and understood the meaning of uprooting rights. They became determined towards achieving the slogans of the revolution, freedom, peace. And justice. The FFC signed a power-sharing deal with the military in August 2019 to establish a transitional government led by former Prime Minister Abdullah Hamdok. But the partnership collapsed when Sudan Army leader Abdul Fattah al-Burhan orchestrated the coup. For VOA News, I am Michael Atit in Khartoum. From the Sudanese capital Khartoum, we go to Kampala, where football fans around the globe are looking forward to Sunday's kickoff of the FIFA World Cup tournament in Qatar. Only 32 national teams, including five from Africa, qualified for the sports premier event. More than 130 countries have never qualified for the World Cup, including Uganda. Let's listen now to some World Cup fans in Uganda's capital, Kampala. My name is Salipot Andrew. My expectations for this World Cup are basically fun, but still I would expect for an African country to to, to fly higher. Uh, 
Besides that, nothing else. African countries are always my 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 base of support. Like I support basically African countries, so that's what I expect for them to turn out as 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 victors. Though it might not be as my hopes may have it may may have it, but that's what I hope for. The fact it's taking place uh, towards the festivities, towards the holidays, it's a good thing. It's 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 the best Christmas one could ever have. Besides having fun with family, one can also watch World Cup because it's known all over, from children to 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 old ones. It's it's not it ha- it doesn't have an age limit or age bracket. Uh, my name is Joseph Tatisio. Uh, I'm a South Sudanese. I live in Uganda, by the way. It's been a long time now. I've stayed in Uganda for so many years. So, uh, expectation to, of this World Cup, uh, especially this year for the World Cup that is coming, it is going to be a massive competition uh, between the teams, especially uh, at Qatar, because you know most teams are ready actually to go and expect a, a trophy back for while they are coming back. But my expectation of this, and my especially the, the, the best team that I always uh, like supporting in World Cup, which is mainly that is uh, none other than Brazil. And in Africa, of course, I go by Senegal. That's it. Uh, Brazil has been a good team and a perfect team that I always, actually, since day one that I started watching football, actually, I started watching uh, Brazil because they are highlights and having the best, uh, like producing the best players always. And motivates me actually. Uh, currently, also, I'm a footballer, basing around within uh, Uganda at the lower division side. Yeah? Uh, I'm Bruno, and I think Portugal will win the World Cup because they have so many good players, and you know, no team can stop them. Where well, Ronaldo is not alone in Portugal, he has so many good players with him Bruno Fernandes and the rest. So, who can provide him with the balls? So. I don't think it will be a big deal. He will play and he's respected. My name is Isaac Akukiziwe. I'm a student of KIU. I do mass communication and I'm a fan of football. And this time around in Qatar, I think Africa has the capacity to bring the World Cup home. Uh, I will look at Senegal. You have a goalkeeper in Mendy. You have good defenders. We have uh, Kulibali. He plays for Chelsea. He's a good defender. So Senegal is a good team. If they believe in themselves and go for it, they can beat any other team. Because football is a game of 11 people. The other teams have 11 people. The Brazils have 11 people. If Africans also believe in themselves, they use their wit and energy. The World Cup can come to Africa. Uh, Actually, we're expecting at least some of African countries to shine. I think that's my expectation. Yeah, when you observe the Premier League, those European leagues, the Africans actually they have made a lot those leagues to shine. Why not this time? This time Africa to shine, and they are the stars. Why do? Why not Africa to shine? Nikata, a desert, somehow the same environment we are used in Africa. So I think it will to work as an advantage. The way Qatar has organized it is to another level. So I don't know if any country can do it, but the organization is just wow. I think it's going to be the best World Cup ever. Yeah. And my whatever opinion that France is going to win it again. Because their qualities, that's too good. 
They have players, good midfield, good attacking, good defense, everything. My name is Mugabichichi William from Kansanga, Kampala, Uganda. Uh, my expectations of World Cup, I think like either Spain or France on final or with Ungeleza, England. Because uh, France has good players, most, most especially good players. Yeah, France. I'm going to support my African teams. Yeah, I have to support my African players. Oi, Africa. Uh, I'm Koyolo Gitjeze from Uganda. Uh, I'm supporting Africa so much because I'm an African. We'd love to hear your brief comments about issues in this broadcast. My colleague Nabil Biagio is ready with this week's comments. Over to you, Nabil. Thank you, John. As usual, you wrote to us about our coverage of news and events this week. But first, here are some recorded messages SSI fans sent to us. This is Peter Goita Nyangma Jongdul in Jongle State, South Sudan. The visiting of the Assistant High Commissioner for the Refugees is a welcoming news and we hope that it will really uh, give assistance and hope to the affected population in South Sudan. Good morning, John Tadza and Nabil. My name is Martin, Martin Minje. I just want to thank His Excellency the President and the entire South Sudanese for contributing uh, toward the building of Juba University. It is a national asset that served the society in terms of education and other, and other research base. I think that because Juba University is our national pride and it is a good university that had our name and that can help us to change policies of our country. I thank His Excellency the President and whoever contributed money toward the building of Juba University. Thanks, Martin Minyan, also Sudanese in Nubra. Hello, John Tanza and Nabil Biagio. This is Mabora Langrang in Juba, South Sudan. The issue of uh, Catalanders and the people of Lukeville County should not be left under arrested authority. The national government must add their voice so that these uh, Catalanders must leave the, the land of the farmers because Catalanders, the crops cannot be together. Thank you so much. Hello, BOA. Call me Daniel Dunmajo from Rumbek. The issue of roadblocks has become a huge problem in South Sudan, especially in capital city Juba and Lake State, as well as Burgoda riders has been paying tax daily to Burgoda office in Lake State. I, I request government to interfere and avoid local taxes in South Sudan. Joel Philip Kwan in Bore Town of Jongule State writes, Hello, VOA. The extension of the mandate of the United Nations Peacekeeping Forces in Abyei was a milestone in an important step to the people of the Abyei administrative area because people of Abyei need protection from the Twitch community in South Sudan and the Miseria communities from Sudan. Mal Adaumal in Bortown also says, Hello, VOA. I don't understand why the status of ABA could cost a lot of lives with two governments present in the area. These locals overwhelmingly voted in favor of South Sudan. Why not give them their will? 
Dun Majokurai from Rumbek writes, Hello, VOA. Congratulations to Honorable Vice Chancellor Jonah Cage of Juba University for the developmental project leading to the fundraising ideas where the president donated $1 million to support University of Juba. Tahrir Lonkai, a South Sudanese living in Libya, says, Hello, VOA. I am so glad to be with you on your WhatsApp platform. I always enjoy your program. James Roy Majok from Bantu Town says, Hi, Nabil and John Tanza. The South Sudan government should prioritize good security and infrastructure development plus the implementation of the peace agreement. Tamoyo David from Yambio says, Hello, John Tanza and Nabil. The issue of the road to Western Equatorial State is seriously affecting business of our sons and daughters of the state every year. We really need our government to look into the cries of its people. Thomas Kuntoj in Old Fangak Payam of Jongole State says, Hello, South Sudan in focus. The measles outbreak in South Sudan is a medical emergency which needs a very quick response from the national level. EPI doesn't cover the whole country due to insecurity, environmental changes, and lack of good roads in some parts of the country. And Jobo Jobo from Juba says the government of South Sudan has officially accepted the killing of journalist Alan Christopher that he had entered the country illegally and was filming the clashes between government forces and the rebels. What answer the U.S. government wants from this notorious inhumanity of government after the acceptance of the killing of the U.S. journalist? The opinions expressed here do not reflect the views of VOA or of this program. We appreciate hearing from so many of you. Keep those comments coming. Keep your voice and text messages brief and we shall sample some of them every Friday. And that wraps up our show for this Friday. I'm your host, John Tanza, in Washington. Thanks for taking time to be with us. Remember to join us next week for another edition of South Sudan in Focus from the Voice of America.